August 22nd, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count up from the wide lines, from before the lines wide, and 10 lines up, it's two words before the end of the line, the Gemara begins, by, for our purposes, by citing a pasuk. It's in the midst of talking about Yerav'am ben Navat, if you recall. The Mishnah mentioned there are three kings who lost their portion in the world to come. Yeravam ben Avat was the first and foremost on that list, and he, through the descriptions of the Gemara, the Pesukim in the Navi, we know he was quite a rotten, terrible hoteh, he was a sinner. tarabim, he was looking to and causing others to sin. Most notably, what the Gemara brought forth for us in the last few lines was how he blocked passage, he went against, although it was initially his claim to Shilomo, that you need to open up Jerusalem more for Ali al-Aregel. In his reign, during his time of monarchy, he forbade it. He said anyone who goes to the Mikdash during the three regalim, Yidakir Baherev will be uh, speared, will be uh, killed by, by sword, will be beheaded. Instead, he wanted his centers, and he established his centers of Avodazara. Anyway, here he is, Ve'yiravam Yasam Yerushalayim, the Pasuk, which describes his coronation, how he meets this prophet outside of Jerusalem. This prophet's name was Ahiyah HaShiloni. You might recall we talked about him a little bit earlier in the Sukyot here in Masechet Sanhedrin. Uh, he leaves Jerusalem, the Pasuk says, and encounters Ahiyah HaShul- uh, HaShiloni. Says the Gemara, what's the significance of mentioning that he left Jerusalem? Just mention instead that Ahiyah HaShiloni sees him, he tells him, he gives him the word of God, you're going to be the future king. And this is as the seeds of evil are being are being placed in uh, in their potential for for birth, I mean Yeravam at this juncture, in the eyes of the rabbi certainly, and it appears from the navi in the eyes of the people, was an upstanding righteous Talmud hacham. But says the Gemara Amar bar Papa sheyasa mipitka. The reference of him leaving Jerusalem need not be taken just in the physical sense of him leaving Jerusalem. It means something more than that. Petek means a list or means a, means, means a, a certain note of sorts. And in turn, Rashi's interpretation of this is so to speak, as Rashi suggests, he took himself off of the citizens list of Jerusalem. He was now distancing himself from that settlement. Alternatively, um, uh, Aruch. Aruch was a, uh, an Italian rabbi who's early uh, one of the Rishonim. He has a, a book which describes all sorts of matters from the Gemara. In Aruch, as is cited on the side of some Gemarot, he has another pasuk that the Gemara cites over here, in which the reference appears to be that we're referring not to Yerushalayim in the physical sense, the place, the city that we go to visit, but rather Yerushalayim of the future, Yerushalayim that we might suggest of Tehiyat HaMetim, if you recall the Gemara and Afsadi Amud Bet, had a reference in a pasuk in which we, Kol HaKatuv Lehayim, later on, it's a reference to the place where we will rise up in the future. So the reference then of Yeravan ben Avat leaving Jerusalem and taking himself off the list of Jerusalemites is more than just citizenship in the city, more than just affiliation in this world. He's taking himself from that point in the eyes of the rabbis in the world to come, in Tehiyat HaMetim, Yeravan ben Avat, while he's still on the righteous path as the seeds of Ga'avav, holiness are being, are being built within him, he's already taking himself away from any future merit. Says the Gemara onward, the Pasuk says afterwards, Vayimsa oto ahya hashiloni, hanavi, baderech, vehumit kaseh, 
Bisalma So the Pasuk, this, uh, this, this uh, prophet whom we mentioned, again, Ahiyah Hashiloni, encounters Yeravam ben Navat. They're alone in the Sadeh, in the field, and Ahiyah Hashiloni is wearing a new cloak. Lots of ir- irrelevant details. Now, the cloak will be relevant, but the fact that it was new is irrelevant. That they're in the field together alone seems somewhat irrelevant. The Gemara has derashot about each one of these references. First and foremost, my besalma hadasha. What's the reference of Ahiyah Hashiloni wearing that new garment? Amar of Nahma, kisalma hadasha, masalma hadasha, in bashum dofi. The first suggestion is the same way. If you buy a new shirt, your shirt should not come, especially if it was once and before they packaged it when you bought it. I imagine it doesn't have wrinkles. It certainly doesn't have any stains. The new shirt is in the best state of being that it'll ever be in for all intents and purposes. I know you might iron it afterwards, but in terms of it being crisp and new, that's your new shirt. So too, the reference says the Gemara is the Torah of Yeravam Benavat at that time. En bashum dofi. It didn't have any ripples, any issues. Says Rashi, Two words, gimgum bagemara. The word gimgum means a stuttering. Legamgem in Hebrew means to stutter even. It's an onomatopoeia. Gamgam, you're stuttering. He's referring perhaps to the gemara. The gemara over there is doresh the pasuk in Kiryat Shema. Shinun and shinina in Aramaic, in old languages, uh, and, and in turn in Hebrew to a certain extent, has something to do with sharpness. So the derashah of the Gemara is the Torah is supposed to be it's supposed to be so sharp on your, in your mouth if a person asks you something, you won't have to stutter, you'll be able to respond immediately. That's the highest level of study. That's where you come to a point where it's so natural that you could respond in any matter of Torah. That's what Rafshi is referring to over here. He says, at this time, was there. He was in a state of being where people could and would turn to him, and there was no gimgum. Alternatively, the fact that it's this clean new garment, it's, uh, it's as if it, it had all open. It was something brand new. They were delving into and understanding Torah and concepts in godliness and divinity that no ear had ever heard beforehand, which means to say we're supposed to be imagining them out in the field. They're either in a state of being where their capacity, mental capacity in terms of Torah is really high, which might be true, or alternatively, or maybe in tandem, both true, they're delving into and they're talking Torah on high, elevated, lofty levels. But the statement nonetheless, either way you, sl- you, you slice it here in the Gemara's, look at and think about the context and what the rabbis are portraying to us. The rabbis are portraying a state of being of Yeravam ben Avad, really the most rotten of all, in the moment of his coronation. He's about to find out he's going to be the king. It's all going to go to his head very quickly. He's going to steer the people away from God within the first few, uh, I don't know, uh, months, years of his, of his reign. 
And he, at this state of time, and time, is in the eyes of the rabbi, he's all the way up there in terms of sanctity, in terms of knowledge, in terms of capability. <laughs> Lastly, the Pasuk said that Ahiyashiloni, together with Yeravam ben Avad, again, at the moment when he's finding out he's going to be king, in the moment where he's, uh, he's getting the news that he's going to lead the people, they're together alone in the field. Amar Yehuda, Amarav, Shekol Tamidei Chachamim, Domin Lifnehem Ki Isbeh HaSadeh, uh, period, uh, to tell you that all the other wise men of Yisrael, Tamdeh Hachamim, were to them, to Ahya and to Yeravam, like the shrubs, like the Isbeh HaSadeb, like the grass in the field. Maharsha points out that the Pasuk talks about Sadiq Katamari Frah, Ke'erez Balivanon Yiskeh. We envision great people like cedar trees having a certain strength. The Gemara Masech Mo'ed Katan and Davkafhe has Imba Arazim Nafelah Shalhevet. It talks about the great ones being likened to cedar trees. In turn, the imagery over here is the low ones, the low hanging ones, were the rest of the rabbis, the scholars, the people who know Torah and Yisrael. Those were just grass. Ahya, Yeravam. They were the Arazim, they were the strong ones. That's who we're looking at. That's who we're imagining this fall from grace of the greatest person, it appears, in the nation to be king. Uh, it's not as if we couldn't have predicted this, but that's what was taking place in the eyes of the rabbi. Certainly says the Gemara, amar, alternatively, along the same lines, but different spin. The idea of the field is, if you envision the difference between a building, a house, and a field, Building a house has walls. You have to enter in in order to find what you're looking for. If you look at a field, everything's portrayed and right there in front of you. T- knowledge of Torah, the understanding, the ta'amim of the Torah was all there for them to take and to know in front of them easily like the field. That is Yeravam ben Navat at that time. The Gemara goes onward to Bidoresh pasuk lachen, pasuk in Micha, titinishi luchim al moreshet gat, Hard to break down the poetry in the Pasuk. We'll read the Dirasha of the Rabbis or the Masorah, it's a tradition of sorts. What took place at this juncture as they're appointing or as he's being appointed, there's a heavenly voice which emanates and is saying to Am Yisrael, the Pasuk talks about this place called Gat. Gat was in the portion of the Pelishtim. It's a reference to David who killed the Pelishti, of course, Goliath, and in turn conquered for Am Yisrael Gat. Okay, so so to speak, the heavenly voice is emanating and saying, guys, do you realize what you're doing? You're taking away the monarchy from the person, the entity who killed the Pelishti, the Goliath, that's David. Gat for you, no pun intended, the place called Gat in the Pelishti portion, do you understand what you're doing? You are in turn sending away them, bringing in and being mechazev, a letdown, and inviting in a kazav, a person who's going to bring you to idolatry. It's a crazy vision in this, at least in my mind, the way the rabbis in, uh, understand this. You have a moment during which you're looking at these two individuals, Yeravam ben Avat most specifically, and he's on the highest platform of knowledge. At the same moment, 
there's this heavenly voice which is coming out and saying, do you realize what you're doing? No, what do you mean what we're doing? We took the biggest Talmud Hacham. Do you realize who you're pushing to the side? That's David HaMelech and his descendants. You're pushing them aside for this guy, why he looks better to you? Do you realize what is potentially down the line? Abu Zarah, you could not imagine anyone in the nation is looking at this moment and saying, this is negative in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, they're forsaking the David dynasty. That's the issue. So the pasuk in the eyes of the rabbis is turning to them and saying, do you understand what you do? I know it looks good to you. I'm aware that this circumstance has the optics of this is the right person. He's the knowledgeable one. But understand, you're pushing aside the one who, who earned his stripes, the one who's David HaMelech and his descendants. Amar of Hanina bar papa kola nehene mina olam azeh belo beracha ki ilu gozel ha-kadosh baruchu knesset Yisrael shneemar gozel avi ve'imo ve'omer em pasha haver hu li'ish mashchit. It's a funny derasha, and we'll have to figure out why the rabbis have it as such. But anyway, the derasha goes as follows. If you're a person who eats from something in this world without making a beracha, that's what we call birkota nehenin, beracha she'akol, hamezonot, hamotzi, and so forth, your gozel, it's as if you're stealing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael, the larger body of Am Yisrael. And then they cite a pasuk, if you steal from your father or mother, or father and mother, and you say there's no issue with this, you're linking yourself and befriending an ishmashchit, a destructive person. First break down the, the, the derasha, and then try to understand it a little bit further. Says the Gemara, here's how you understand it. En aviv el HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when the pasuk says you're stealing from your father, again, by not making the beracha, uh, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shene'emar, Halohu avicha kanecha. The Pasuk says at the end of Sefer Devarim, Moshe turns on and says, Halohu avicha kanecha. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's avicha, he's your father. He's kanecha, he's the one who um, created you. Ve'eni mo'el ha-Knesset Yisrael Shene'emar, Shema'enim musar avicha v'atitosh Torati mecha. And the reference in the Pasuk of stealing from your mother is Knesset Yisrael, is the traditions, is this entity of Am Yisrael that we have. The Pasuk says, Shema'enim musar avicha. Rashi'in is commentary to Mishle. It says, that's Rosh Ba'alpeh, that's Rosh Bichtav, that's Torah as we know it. Ve'al titosh Torat imecha, he's Doresh, the rabbis are Doresh, as umecha. Umecha means your nation. Imecha, your mother, is similar to your national identity. That's the rabbinic and establishment types of matters and customs and traditions that we have. So the pasuk then, in referring to stealing from your father and mother in the eyes of the rabbis, is stealing from God and stealing from the entity we know as Knesset Israel. What does it mean at the end of the pasuk? My haverhu leishmashchit, you're befriending, you've emerged as the friend of a destructive person. Haverhu liyeravam benavat sheishchit Israel aviem shebashamayim. You've befriended the worst of worst, the destructive individual known as yeravam benavat. So that's the derasha of the rabbis. Again, if a person were to eat from something in this world without making a beracha, they're stealing from God, they're stealing from Knesset Israel. They're like yeravam benavat. Well, slow down. Uh, what's with the idea of uh, stealing from God because he didn't make a beracha? Stealing from Knesset Yisrael because he didn't make a beracha? The Gemara in Masechet Berachot and Daf Lamedhe has a, has a contradiction they point out in the Pesukim. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, Hashamayim Shamayim Ladonai, the Haaretz Natan Libne Adam, the land was given to human beings. On the other hand, the Pasuk says, Ladonai Haaretz Umloah, the land is God's and everything that's within it. Says the Gemara, there's no contradiction. Here's how it works. Before making a beracha, ladonai ha'aretz umloah, it's God's. After making a beracha, ve'ha'aretz natan adam, you've now acquired it through making that beracha. 
The idea being, says the Gemara, we learn from this, that if you ate from it before making the Beracha, it's as if you're stealing from God. He still didn't fully explain to me the concept, but we've, we've inched a bit forward. The idea being, it seems clear to me, it goes like this. The world as we know it is a world that has so much potential within it. Every sip of coffee, every uh, nibble from a cookie has the potential of finding God within that action in one shape or another. Maybe it's by strengthening yourself for the rest of the day. Maybe it's by deriving benefit and being appreciative. There's so many ways and capacities and potentials within our regular life to find God. If you go ahead and you do it without the beracha, without the opportunity to inject godliness into it, you have prevented that potential. You've stolen the opportunity that God had to shine forth through this seemingly mundane activity. That's the idea of being gozel from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from Knesset Israel, by enjoying the world without a berachas. Not that you can't enjoy the world. So you need to enjoy the world with the proper perspective. That's first and foremost the derasha. What does it have to do with Yeravam Ben Avad? Well, that's who Yeravam Ben Avad was. Yeravam Ben Avad is the individual who's preventing Am Yisrael from realizing God in a very real sense. He's preventing them. He's closing off Jerusalem on the regalim. He's erecting Igle Zahav and turning their attention to them instead of finding God. I mean, that's, that's, so, what's that? I'm saying with all these smarts, how would you, how would you come to so the Gemara has put the Pesukim and the Gemara has and will again portray him as a self-centered individual. An ego which was greater than anyone ever or after. I mean, it's, it seems clear. I don't know, I said anyone or ever, including him. In other words, and in a very destructive way. That's what the Gemara had. The Gemara says that, he, if you recall, the funny... The, the peculiar, the, I mean, you laugh out loud story that it told us at the bottom of Dafkof Aleph Amud Beit is he's being coronated or he's envisioning future kingship and he looks at Rehavam, the son of, of Shalom, and he says, oh, that guy, and when we go into the, into the Mikdash, he's going to be sitting down. Everybody's going to look at him and say, oh, he gets to sit because he's the son of a king. He's the future king. Me, I have to stand up. So uh, what are you going to do? Uh, you have several options. Don't go to the Mikdash. I cannot go to the Mikdash. Uh, so sit down as well. They'll tell me I'm Murid b'malchut. I said, what am I going to do? He says, oh, I just won't go to the Mikdash. I'll get nobody else to go to the Mikdash. That's what the Gemara portrayed. Again, they're constructing about what they're saying to you is his vision in the Avodah Zarah is take people away from that vision and focus them on his own strength. He's now building the center. Complete power surge through and through. Says the Gemara onward, um, so the Pasuk says that he distances Am Yisrael from God and he furthermore makes them sin greatly. Amar Rabbi Hanin, Rabbi Hanin has an imagery for this distancing and sinning. For one reason or another, Rabbi Hanin gives the following imagery. He says, you take two sticks, Rashi gives you the full imagery, throw one stick into the air, maybe this is the way they used to play sports, maybe it was like the precursor to baseball, you throw one stick into the air, and then you smash that stick with another stick. So he's distancing Am Yisrael, moving them away from an encounter with God, and in turn, making them sin greatly. The imagery is there to say he's not just turning them to sin, he's moving them away from 
God, and we know that from the vision description of the Pesukim of the Gemara. Okay, now the Gemara has this interesting interlude, which it'll return to in a few moments. I mentioned it on, on Thursday. I said the Gemara has a description, the Pesukim of description of this Egel Zahav, or Egle Zahav, which Yeravam constructs brings us back to the vision of the golden calf. And he turns to Am Yisrael and says, These are your gods. This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. Those are the identical words. So the Gemara has opportunity at this juncture and a few moments afterwards to talk back about Firstly, the first Pasuk in Sefer Devarim describes the placement of Am Yisrael, Dizahav. Dizahav is some sort of reference. The Egel Zahav. These are the words of Moshe in describe. Moshe. The pasuk describes where he is. Where he is he? The pasuk says. Moshe Ben Paran Ben Dizahav is part of the location of where the people are at the time that Moshe has his final sermon to them in Sefer Devarim. What's with the name Dizahav? The Gemara imagines an explanation. Amru Dever Bianai. Dever Bianai suggested this is what took place. Amar Moshe Baruch Hu. And and Rabbi plugged this back into the Ga'ava type of situation that we talked about a moment ago. Kivyachol Moshe defending Israel at the very end of his life turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and says to him, Ribono Shelolam, Bishvil Kesef Zahav Sheishbaat Alehen Yisrael Achi Yomeru Die. Garam lahim la'asot lahim elohe zahav. He says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you showered these people, Am Yisrael, with so much gold and silver, that that's what caused them to construct and to worship the golden calf. How so? Mashal. Uh, for the following, uh, following type of mashal, uh, of course, parable. En ari dores v'nohem mitoch kupa shel tevim. A lion will not trample or, or, or uh, what's it called, roar at, pre- at, at uh, those which it wants to, to, to attack if it's stuck in a cage of tevin, of grain. A cage of grain, it's hungry, it's vulnerable, it doesn't feel like it's the king of the jungle. The, the lion in such a circumstance is disempowered based on its circumstances. Ela mitoch kupashel basar. If the lion has been eating, Meat. If the lion is, 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 is attacking and viciously getting at all the other animals, now it walks around like the king. It feels like the king. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Moshe, you want to know what caused these people to sin? The self-centered haughtiness you built within them by giving them the gold and silver. They came out like kings from Egypt with the wealth, with the ability to see themselves. That's what caused them to turn away from you. Now, the Gemara doesn't record any response. It's Moshe's attempt in the eyes of the rabbis to defend Israel. It's, again, it's 40 years late. But anyway, that's the claim uh, of, of the Hachamim more than anything for me in the context of Yeravam ben Avan, the context of our own lives. You feel, at least I do, sin as, as a direct or indirect cause of our own success. The more successful we sometimes become, the more we see ourselves and turn away from God or feel that we can be in a uh, either direct or indirect way rebellious against Him. Uh, until Yeravam ben Navat says, Rabbi Oshaya, Am Yisrael were milking, were nursing the sin of one calf from Yeravam ben Navat and onward. It's two calves from him, a third one which they constructed. 
Meaning we look back and the Gemara will envision many of the future sins as emanating from the kernel of wrongdoing at that time, the self-centeredness of Chet Egel one time, second time with two others, as all future sins somehow are connected. We'll talk about that in a moment, but that's the vision, that's the description. Marbi Yitzchak, here it is. In the called Puranut, Puranut she'ba'al le'olam, she'en ba'ehad me'esvim ve'arba'a be'echre alitra she'el Egel harishon. Those words in the middle, the 124th of Hechre alitra is a small measurement. It's a small measurement that they used to use in the marketplace. The statement is as follows. Anytime you get punished for sin, there's a small measure in that punishment which was placed on top, which brought you back to retribution for one more time. I sinned, I was lo aleinu mehalel shabbat. The statement is, your punishment from God is 99% your wrongdoing, and then 1% extra from Chet What do I have to do with Chet First, the Pasuk, The Pasuk says, on the day that I'll recall, the day that I'll remember, meaning another day of sin, I'm going to now remember as well this sin. Which sin? The sin of Chet What does it have to do? That's not fair. I'm connected to Chet I'm generation, I'm thousands of years removed. Unless the statement is one and the same. It doesn't mean that you're being punished for Chet per se. It means Chet at its core was your self-centeredness. You haven't learned that lesson. You're still in your DNA. You have Chet entrenched in there. This sin has one hundredth, one thousandth of Chet which is embedded within your being. That's the description. That's the destructive nature of, as I understand it, that wrongful approach and perspective on life which has all sorts of future negative repercussions. Why is it the same as we were all there for hearing the uh, Ten Commandments? So the Gemara does have merit for us. On the flip side, um, Jeffrey points out, the Gemara will talk about the positive that we have. You all heard the Aseret Adberot, which in the same way I like to say, and I'm not certain that this is the only way of reading that Midrash in the words of the rabbis, that all our souls were there. Does it mean all our souls were there? Or does it mean we are all descendants of souls who were there? And as a result, we are different people. You're right. But I'm saying, so at the times that we're doing best, so we turn back and we say, you see, it's because you were tapped into an early experience which was transformative for you as a being and as a nation. When the times of, of negative is the Hatayegel experience, which is, so to speak, revisited. That's what the Gemara suggests. And again, I'm, so, in other, so you, you're, you're simplifying it. You're saying not so much that you're tapping into the, core, the, the root of the cause, but you're saying you wouldn't be here to it's sin if not for Chaita Egel. Indeed, that's a perfect connection as well. Uh, maybe more simple than mine. Amar bihanina le'achar islim ve'arba'a dorot nigva pasukse the statement of Rabbi Hanina is after 24 generations. Rashi, in a long Rashi, does his math on what are these 24 generations. He says it's 24 generations from Cheta Egel to the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash. He says when you got to the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash, we're done with retribution. Every derasha we said in the last few moments is off the table. That was for the first 24 generations after Cheta Egel. That's when the sin was still somewhat relevant amongst the people, Cheta Egel. After 24 generations, after the destruction of the Mikdash, 
That's gone. What's the derasha? Well, we saw the word was pokti, the pekuda, the remembrance of God, and you have it in this pasuk, pekudotair, the pasuk is mentioning a similar word, it's kind of done at that time. All right, we're finishing up the description of Yeravam ben Navat, ahar hadavar hazel loshav Yeravam midarko hara'a. Pasuk says, after this matter, Yeravam never turned back from his wrongdoing. Yeravam, our terrible, horrible person, never changed. What's my ahar? After what? What does it mean? After this, he never turned back. It's after God grabbed him by his cloak. Keep in mind, the description was, and the Pesukim told us, he was wearing a new cloak, out in the field. And the cloak was, in the eyes of the rabbis, a reference to Torah, the clarity of Torah. I imagine this Midrash is connected to that Midrash. God grabs him by that cloak. Yeravam, you're still fresh. You still have that Torah to you. You're still righteous. He grabs him by that and turns him and says to him, Turn away from what I know you want to do. I know you're on your way to do it. You're going to destroy these people. Turn away. And if you turn away, if you do Teshuvah, Ani ve'ata uben Yishai, me, you, and David HaMelech, netayel began Eden. We'll hang out, we'll take trips, we'll tour the Garden of Eden. That lashon you have in Rashi's commentary to Parashat Behukotai as well. Pasuk says, Vehitalachti betochechem, Vehayiti lachem lelohim. Says Rashi, what does it mean? I'll walk in your midst, I'll walk with you in Gan Eden. That's a closeness, connectedness to God. Ah, the statement in the eyes of the rabbis, Yeravam ben Avat, you have a chance, this is it, we're going to be together. I mean, how would you respond to such a question? Amar lo says Yeravam ben Avat, an iconic line from Masechet Sanhedrin, Mi Barosh. Who's in the head of that march and that walk through Gan Eden? Me, God, or David? Again, God said to him, the three of us will be taking the walk. The three of us will be experiencing this connectedness, this tiyul began Eden. Answers God, ben Yishai barosh, David gets first. Iha'cheh, the response of Yeravam ben Navat, back to Rabbi, the haughtiness, the self-centeredness, which takes him down. Iha'cheh laba'ina. If that's so, I'm not interested. I'd rather get the honor rather get the respect in this way. Well, I'm not dealing with that. I have to be second to David HaMelech in any state and time in the future. The vision, by the way, parenthetically, the description of the Tiyul began Eden comes back to a point that we've mentioned and should mention again. The Tiyul of the Torah, the Halicha of the Torah, is the vision of sometimes our connectedness to God, our connectedness to ourselves, doesn't have some sort of destination in mind. A risa, a running, is when you want to get to a destination. When you need to get somewhere, you take a car, maybe you take a bike, or you run there. When you're walking, uh, generally speaking, the vision of a walk is, I took a walk. Why'd you take a walk? Heck yeah, I took a walk. No, you must have taken a walk. You're not doing it for, I, I once thought you could take walks for exercise. I'm told, walks, unless it's a fast-paced walk, you're not actually exercising. So why are you taking the walk? Just to experience the walk. That's what a walk is. The Torah and its description, time and again, of our halicha with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right here, this tiyul began Eden. It's not for a purpose other than being together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Again, of course, the objective of the rabbis is not that point. That's just a parenthetic point for us. But uh, the, the objective is the Yeravam Benavat, together with David, he can't see past that. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Avahu, Havaragil, Dahavakadarish, 
Bishelosha Melachim. So the Gemara tells an interesting, peculiar story. Rabbi Avahu used to very often make derashot about this Mishnah that we've been learning. The Mishnah says three kings lost their portion in the world to come. Rabbi Avahu, everybody's got the specific mode and things of Torah that they love to learn. He loved learning about these three kings who lost their portion in the world to come. That was Rabbi Avahu's thing, says the Gemara. Halash. He got sick. He felt, maybe it's because I'm denigrating, I'm putting down these kings all the time. Kabila Ale de la Darish. He said, all right, I'm done. I'll stop talking about this all the time. You know, I've been talking badly about these kings forever, that the loss of the portion of the world to come, about Ahav, Yeravam, Menasheh. Done. I feel that the sickness, that's what you're supposed to do. You get sick. You're not supposed to say it's per se because of this. You're supposed to envision, I'm supposed to learn. Maybe this is what caused it. Hey, you don't know the ways of God, but you're supposed to learn lessons. That's what we're supposed to do when bad things happen to us. We're not supposed to be certain, but we're supposed to try to change ourselves. He says, Kabila ale de la darish. He says, I'm no longer going to be Doresh. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Kedan de itpah. Then he got, uh, he got better. Rabbi Avahu was sick. He got out of the hospital. Hadar Kadarish, he went back. He walked into the Midrash the next day. He said, all right, gentlemen, let's get back to learning about the three kings who lost their portions of the world to come. So as the Kemara Amre, the students say to him, or the rabbis say to him, didn't you accept upon yourself? You're no longer going to be Doresh about those kings? Didn't you say, I got sick because of that? Says Rabbi Avahu, come on. Amar, inhu mihadrubehu da'ana ahadar. He says, when those kings were struck in their lifetimes, did they actually change their way? They didn't change their way. So you're telling me because I got struck, I should change my way? Just learning the story of what happened to them and how they responded, I'm all right. I can learn it, not in a negative way. I can understand that I should not and need not per se be swayed by something in life. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fascinating vantage point. You're looking at the negative reaction of those kings. God struck them in their lifetimes and they didn't change from it. To the Biavah who says, just because I was struck over here doesn't mean it's because I was doing wrong. It doesn't mean I need to change. That means even from evil people doing evil things, not the good things of evil people, you can learn lessons to your own life. Says the Rav Ashe was t- teaching Torah and he got up to that portion of the Mishnah. He was just getting up to the three kings. So he stopped the class. You know, sometimes we finish the class and say, okay, tomorrow we're going to return to this point. I'm almost up to it. Says the Gemara, Rav Ashe got up to the three kings. Amar, he turns to the people and he says, Tomorrow we're going to open up and talk about our friends. Who are our friends? Menashe, Yeravam, Ahav, the three rotten kings. He's probably saying it tongue in cheek. He's probably even smiling. They're not our friends. Those are rotten kings. Says the Gemara, in his dream at night, this is Ravashe's dream at night, Menashe, one of those rotten kings, the son of Sidkiah Medech, Menashe, rotten, terrible king, comes to him in a dream. Amar, he turns to him and says to Ravashe, You're calling us the friends of you and of your forefathers? Let me ask you a simple question. When you say hamotzi, where do you grab the for- first portion of the bread from? Because uh, I'm your friend, right? So show me that we're on the same level. Mm-hmm. Can you answer that halacha question? Ravashe, I mean, this is Ravashe, the person who put together our Gemara for all intents and purposes. Amar says Ravashe, I don't know the answer. So Menashe starts to laugh at him. You don't know the answer to that halacha. Every time you eat bread, you don't know where to take the bread from. And I do. You don't know where, again, you have your loaf of bread in front of you, where you're supposed to pull the portion of bread that you're first putting in your mouth. And you call me your friend? 
אמר לה, אגמרה לי, ולמחר דרישנה לה משמח בפרקס. אז רבה שאל, אוקיי, אני לא יודע, אז תשמעי מנשה, תשמע לי, ותמורו אני אלך למדרש ואני אגיד, ג'נטלמן, אני לומד את ההלכה ממנשה, ממנשה, מהאבל-טרבל-קינג, אמר לה, מהאחד יקרים בישולה. ראשי הספר אינטרפטציונס, האחרון, האחרון שנפסק להלכה, from the crusty part of the bread, the bread that's most finished. So you have the external part of the bread. Don't open the bread and stick your head, hand it inside and take the soft part, but rather take from the part that's most finished, the external part, the crusty part. That's the halakha. Says uh, in his dream, says, you're such a smart guy. You know halakha, you're connected. How'd you worship Avodah Zarah? Amale says Menashe. Such a Musar has scale with this line, another iconic line, Ihavat hatam havat nakitna beshipule gelima verahatat abatrai. He says, if you were there then, Ravashe, I know you live in this generation. No, no lust, no desire for Avodah Zarah. If you lived in my generation, you would pull your robe up. so that you could run faster to the Avodah Zarah. You wouldn't just worship Avodah Zarah. You, you, you get stuck, you're wearing a robe, you get stuck, you're gonna trip over, you have to walk. You would pull it up, expose your legs just to run after the Avodah Zarah. You'd have that lust and desire. That's who you would be, Rav Lemahar, the next day, Rav walks into the Midrash and says, gentlemen, we're ready to commence, to continue our learning. Amar lehu niftah. Let's open up today with our rabbis. And he begins by talking about Menashe, Yeravam, Ahav. He calls from colleagues, which was inappropriate. And he was doing it as a joke. They're not our colleagues, the evil kings. To the next day, I can't talk about that. I wasn't there. Different context, different time. Let's open up with our rabbis. Amen. Amen. Amen.